Wednesday, May 22nd, 2019. Thank you for downloading. Oh, we have got to go north of the wall. Okay. Here we go. Dun, 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 dun. Look, 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 look. Oh, oh, I nailed it. Look, 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 look. Hey, Ozer. Good day. We're talking north of the wall. How cold is it, Charge, still? On May 22nd in the Twin Cities. It is it is ra- cold, cold rain and 40-mile-an-hour winds right now. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's tough. It's You know, living up there is yeah. for the hardy. It's, you got to be like Tormund Giant Spain. You have to be hardy to want to live in the true north, right? Yeah, but all, all our women look like... Uh, what was her name? Igret? Igret? Igret. You know, the... You greet? Yeah, baby. You know, it's got it going on. I said, and this is going to get, we're going to be all thrones on today's episode, one way or the other, in and out, you name it. But basically, I said, hey, look, don't weep for Jon Snow. A, he's done with all the politics and the fighting of the South, which he said he was never all about that world. Doesn't have mm-hmm. to sit on the throne. He didn't want that job. And he got he's got his number one dude, bro, Tormund with him. He got his dog back, and he's going to go find a great sister, and she'll be just as hot as she was. He's going to have a happy life. Your thoughts? Maybe hotter. Uh, maybe hotter. Uh, listen, I, you know, I think there's a scenario here for John where you know, he's he's going to be spit-roasting that sister one of these days in some future episode, and there, he's going to be an awfully happy guy. <laughs> spit-roasting that sister. You mean like actually cooking her and eating her? No, that's not oh, at all what I'm referring shit. to. Oh shit, you dirty bastard. Well, anyway, uh, anyway, yeah. there's there's a lot of Do thrones. We have to bring, should we bring up the Eiffel Tower right now? I've heard of that one, and I have heard of spit mm-hmm. roasting. I think it's going to be an Eiffel. I think we're going to get the. Uh, I think we're going to get the Eiffel Tower with uh, Thormund and John. Charge. He ain't going to be spit roasting nobody because he's a pussy virgin. This guy, you know, remember. Jon Snow, you know nothing when Agreed said yeah. that. He lost his virginity yeah. north of the wall. So he's back mm-hmm. to where he lost his virginity. And as I pointed out on this Zabecast a while back, he f- he was the one that caused all the people to die in King's Landing. You know why? I'm waiting. Um, well, because he didn't just they didn't just lie to her up front, just lie to Daenerys and it's not tell that he, her what she needed to hear. It's not that just he didn't just lie. He didn't fuck her good. She needed to be... (laughs) Charge, am I wrong? He he should have bent her to his will sexually. Exactly. Ever heard of the phrase, take one for the team? He Mm. needed to take one for the team, which would have not even been taken one for the team because Daenerys is hot. And she was horny. She wanted him to fuck her good and to tell her that he loved her all of which may have been a lie but guess what for all the the thousands and tens of thousands of kids and innocent people in King's Landing just do it you asshole like if you look at Jon right, Snow you look at Jon Snow he's more of a fuck up than he is a hero if you look at the big picture of things that's just my hot take well let's remember the last time that Daenerys didn't have the upper hand in a relationship. It's going all the way back to the original Carl Drarl, whatever of the Dothraki, which Cal, he first got sold. Cal Drogo. Yes, Cal Drogo. And how did he get the upper hand? Banged her into submission. Well, he raped her. You know, that was back that when too. the that was when the back when that when this show was extra rapey and it got 
all the, yeah. the leftists and the social justice warriors bent out of shape. And they started going to subreddits and message boards talking about the lack of diversity in the writing room and uh, this, that, and the other. By the time we got to the final episode, it's like, yay, let's let women vote too next time we have an election. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. <laughs> Am I wrong well, about that? that? Did you no, notice? No, Did you notice, Charge, how more. they said, and not only shall rulers in the future not be chosen or not or not be born, but they'll be chosen. They'll be chosen by the lords and the ladies of Westeros. And I thought, well, that fight for suffrage sure came easy. <laughs> right that's right it took american women a hundred years yes and they had to fight their asses off for it in westeros they all of a yeah. sudden said yeah let's make sure women can vote too i think either you or i raised this point last time we talked about this on this podcast over the course of the show all the women became men and all the men became women right right all the all the right. women Our- got balls and all the men yeah. became pussies lost them Absolutely true. So absolutely. What's interesting now, Charge, is that you've got you got people killing the final episode, killing the final season, and then you've got people killing the people killing the final season. Essentially yes. saying, "Oh yeah, where where's your Emmy award winning show? And what's your right. writing credits? And stop being such a typical American asshole online these days and complaining about everything." I saw one tweet, now, though. Now, that's the stupidest take. I, I agree. And here's the here's the side I fall on. And this was somebody who tweeted this to me. They said, look, you want to be considered amongst the elite and the pantheon? Then you have to deliver when it matters. Don't fall behind the whole, well, ending a show that's so popular is very difficult. It is for bad writers, but for good writers, it's not. If you want mm-hmm. pantheon status, you have to deliver. And it struck me, Charge, that that is a very sports fan-like take to a TV show. This was Game of Thrones championship, and they got rolled like Peyton Manning and the Broncos to the Seahawks at the Meadowlands. I'll hang up and list your answer off there. And not only that, but the old, well, let's see your Emmy-winning manuscript. That's like saying, well, did you play in the NFL? How can you how can you talk about yes. the Redskins when you didn't play in the NFL? I get to have an opinion. You know, I get to watch this thing critically and apply whatever judgment I want to it. Just because I haven't played the sport at that level doesn't mean I, I can't do that. Or just because I haven't written and, and I haven't I don't have any Emmys at home doesn't mean I can't do that. That it's absurd. Did the I see thing. did I see your tweet which was ranking the seasons or scoring them on a yeah, scale of 1 to 10? 10. That was you. Okay. Yes. So yes. seasons 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 10 of 10, 10 of 10, 10 of 10 all the way down. 7 right. you gave a what score? 4 and 8 you gave 6. Interesting. I don't know why was season seven so bad. I need I need to go back now and look at that thing. What was the worst well, part about the seven? Enti- the whole the whole overarching premise of season seven is the absurdity that if we go north of the wall and get oh. a zombie White Walker and bring it all the way back to Cersei, right. she will suddenly have a revelation that makes her sane <laughs> and yes. trustworthy. And the, the and the, the the whole overarching premise was laugh out loud stupid. Yeah, now I remember. Yeah, that was dumb. And they lost a dragon and had a yeah. hole cut in the wall, all for Cersei to go. Yeah, that's, that's really I mean. that's really scary. Let's go fight them. And then two seconds later, say, Nah, just kidding. Exactly. Which everybody knew she was. Everybody knew she was going to do anyway. She. <laughs> Yeah, they all, everybody knew it. It was ridiculous. And one other thing, just the the gaping lack of logic in which gen, when they're all when they're all north of the wall and they're surrounded by zombies and they're all stuck on an ice floe and they send Gendry off to go run a thousand miles and bring a, a dragon back in a couple hours. It was just just so ludicrous. And <laughs> what the, the just that was the sort of stuff the sort of massive, massive breaches of logic that just never existed in the first six episodes that were based on the book. 
Yeah, they got they got very sloppy and they just said, "Well, okay, never mind this. It's it's a gap, but we'll just you know, we'll just go with it basically." By the way, wasn't Gendry the guy who was sent off in the boat, the rowboat and had to row his way pretty much across the shimmering sea? At the end, you mean? No, when, er, when earlier this? in the seasons wasn't didn't or was that Padre? Oh, Padre, I think. Padre. Yeah. yeah, I think that was Padre. Yeah, Padre got yeah. sent off that's, on a that's rowboat. That's with... duty right there. Yeah, exactly. Well, all right, here's yeah. a question if we're going to use the sports analogy. At what point was the final the, – let's pretend the final episode's the championship game, okay? They've limped to the championship game with the help of three pass interference calls, home field <laughs> advantage, the other team got injured – but were their final episode, they can still win the championship this series, Ken. At one at what point in that episode could the game have still been won? Because I had I saw somebody tweet a pretty decent alternate ending that would have made more sense. But I want to know Here's, what what point do you think they, it was? I c I'll tell you when it was lost, which also means this is when it was this is when this you the still last, could have the last chance it. to win it. Okay, so when was it yep. lost? So, Tyrion standing up in front of the whole group as they're trying to figure out who's gonna who is going to be the the leader of the six kingdoms, and he tell he tells us that stories can't be killed and can never be forgotten. And who has the best story of everybody here? Brand the, the broken. least interesting guy in the room. Right. The, by far the least interesting guy who has literally no story to tell. He did nothing for a decade of viewing. That's the guy who has the best story. They could have picked anybody else. And I'm, I will include in that the Night King. Had they, had they just lost to the Night King, this would have been far more interesting. Brand <laughs> was the worst of all possible choices. Yeah, he really was. Uh, and did you hear Aaron Rodgers at OTAs for the Packers go through and uh, he- kill the writers saying, no, it was a terrible ending. And he's like, here's a better story. Here's a better story. This guy would be better. That girl, girl would be better on the throne. And he appeared on the show. How about that? I you figured he would get, he'd give it up for the show. Yes, you'd think. Right, you'd think. Yeah, no wonder why he's so popular with his teammates. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all these athletes want this coveted chance to be a walk-on on this immensely popular show. He gets it, right? Yeah. Final yeah. episode airs, and he's like, worst ever. Sucks. And then Lights just them trashes up. it. <laughs> In a way, I kind of respect that. Okay, I agree that that scene, that scene to me was cringe-worthy. That scene yeah. was, I'm watching it going, oh, wow, they're doing Monty Python right now. Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> Slapstick medieval humor to the point where who was the uncle that stood up after clearing his throat and all nervous and tries to give this speech and Sansa says, yeah. sit down, uncle. Who was yeah. that? Um, I, that was the same guy who was, uh, he was caught by the Lannisters for a long time. And, uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. And the total and jabron, like, a total, yeah, a total right, red yeah. shirt in Star Trek parlance, right? Just okay. an extra yeah, right. guy. Yeah. Uh, so but it was, but wait, but to be clear, he was he was on and off through you know through many many seasons. So he was not a total redshirt okay. rando. Okay. He, you know he, but he, they, was, he made regular appearances. They actually wrote into that that scene him banging his sword awkwardly as he went to go sit yeah. down. What was what and the heck is what's with that? which prompted a smirk from both Arya and a disdainful look or no a smirk from Sansa and a disdainful look from Arya like you fucking loser and i yeah. thought i thought i thought wow why put all that detail into such a moment like that it just seemed very out of place i think though the the game was lost the minute drogon melted the throne you could have saved it you could have still won mm-hmm. the game after john killed Daenerys someone tweeted and I would kind of agree with this what if Drogon turns lights up Jon Snow 
and yeah. nothing happens because he's Targaryen right. and he can't be yes. burnt by fire. Then the, right. then Drogon realizes, oh shit, this guy's the new shit, and he and the and the dragon bends, bends, bends the will. knee. Yes. The Dothraki yes. and the Unsullied fall in line. Right, then, because he's got he's got the dragon and he's the new king. Right. And then you and then if you want to resolve the fact that he said, I never wanted this job, he could then lateral the throne to somebody who wants it like Sansa and right, go which from there. Yes. That's the ending. That's that would have been a thousand times better than this ending and more plausible and it would have been more in character, more on brand for each of them than the ending that we got. Yeah. Now the real deal behind this from what I've heard and read, and maybe you have as well, is that basically Benioff and Weiss wanted to get out of the show because it was consuming too much of their lives. They had gotten this lucrative deal with Disney to do the uh, Star Wars right. series. Star Wars. Yeah. And so for the last two seasons, they're like, fuck it, let's just wrap all this shit up as quick as we can. HBO Charge apparently wanted to run the season out, run into the series out to 10 full seasons. Can you imagine how glorious it would have been if they had showrunners that said, oh, yeah, we got a lot more we want to get done. So light it up, 10 full 13 episode run seasons. That would have been magic. Not if they were like season seven and eight, though. Well, I mean, no, I assume seasons... I assume no. they would have taken the same care and they would have yeah. let the show go at the same pace that it did for seasons one through six. Back to Drogon melting the Iron Throne for just a second. Yes. I think they were very, they very much wanted the symbolism of having that throne go down and the wheelchair be the new throne. Right? And Got so it. I think, I think, I think that's what I think that's a lot of why they burned it down. Got it. But first of all, do you know the cost to the uh to the master of coin, which is Braun, my favorite character, many guys' favorite characters. Do you know the cost to the yeah. coin of the uh, coin of the realm or whatever his fucking title is to retrofit what remains of the red keep with handicap accessible ADA approved ramps and shit. <laughs> That's right. It'll bankrupt. They don't have the money. It'll bankrupt that. King's Landing. No offense. Well, you know, you know, it's going to bankrupt King's Landing. Braun, you just had a pay. You just had a mercenary, a, a mercenary who just flipped sides twice in the, in one season to get paid right. as your master of coin. That's right. going to be gone in five minutes. He's the least likely master of coin you could possibly choose. And he's lobbying. To, <laughs> he's lobbying to rebuild the brothels right away. Of course. And of course, in a woke moment, fat ass Sam Tarley is like, uh, I, I don't think that's really a good use of our of our funding. That's where they should have stuffed that loser into a trash can. I was not a fan. I was never a fan of Sam Tarley, and many people were like, "Oh, how can you not like him?" And they're like, "That's the that's the uh, the avatar for George R. R. Martin himself." Yeah, that's what you and I talked about last time, and it is the avatar for yeah, him. Yeah, well, that's why they can't kill him. Didn't care for him. Yeah, that's yeah. The difference sure. is, by the way, at least Sam Tarley got laid. Exactly. Sam Tarley was more of a badass than Jon Snow in some ways. You know, I am the only one that ever killed a White Walker. Yeah, true. True facts right uh-huh. there. So overall, what else? I mean, what else about the series? Like, did you well, go ahead? Well, I mean, if you're to look it, uh, uh, in totality, right? But right now, I'm still stinging from two shitty seasons and an, and an ending I'm not happy with. Agreed. But in totality this is going to go down as one of the all-time greats. And for many people, it will be the best show that we've ever produced to this point and undoubtedly has raised the bar for every kind of show and anything remotely like this. Because, you know, what, what this proved is that we aren't the gibbering idiots that the networks have always thought that we were. We can be attentive and thoughtful viewers that you don't have to dumb everything down for and provide a laugh track for. And even if it's not a comedy, a narrative laugh track by right. repeating everything three times and dumbing everything down and having simple characters, we can take it and we love it and we crave it. And there's a massive audience for thoughtful, well done, sophisticated drama. 
Ding, ding, ding on that. I totally agree. And there are people that were tweeting, oh, I'm going to cancel my HBO subscription tomorrow now that it's over. And my stance is, no, assholes. Keep giving them 10 bucks a month so that they hopefully develop the next Game of Thrones. Because this was not possible at the network level. They were never going to approve a show like this. Oh, God. Or take these kind of chances. And the the thing about Game of Thrones to me that as I look back on what hooked me in, because really the genre, fantasy, not really my genre, which was why I was skeptical. But what hooked people like you. Right. But what hooked me in was A, the vastness of it, A, the B, the complexity, C, the visceralness. Is that a word? The viscerality? No, it is. Yeah, like, uh, viscerousness. The, the viscerianness. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a good yeah. show, a good show charge is going to make you feel as many things as possible. The good, the mm-hmm. bad, the horrific, everything in between. And a, and a great show does it in a way that has some sense of realism, at least for the period. Obviously, dragons aren't real. Duh, nor is magic. But if the whole world that you're plunged into for an hour a week fits together and and keeps its own gravity and its own connections and its own logic, which I think the show did very well for six yeah. years, then, then you have that ability to have a suspension of disbelief, which is the magic of great television or a movie, and to have right. a TV show that could be so visceral, like the shit that they had Ramsey Bolton do was gut churning. And so even when he wasn't doing that bad stuff to see his character on screen talking freaked me out. He scared the fuck out of me, that guy. How great is that? And so you have a show in which, oh my God, that character just had his head crushed by a giant knight with his bare hands, and they showed it. Wow. This show is something else. That's the kind of show that you go tell two people and say, you got to be watching this shit. And network TV so would never it, touch that. Never. Oh, oh never. Not not even. It's, their network television is was, was never going to show it for uh, lots of reasons. But even cable... You know, even FX, which is about as edgy as any any anything out there, probably wouldn't have done it faithfully and might not have had the resources to do it. I mean, only HBO probably right. could have done this. Right. The deepest pockets um, and the willingness to take the biggest of risks. Huge risks. And by the way, how many actors were, were known actors when this thing started? You know, basically oh, none. Shit. Yeah, basically you know? and none. And now they're all now now they're all worldwide stars. It, yeah, right. unbelievable. Now, now let me ask you this. Now they'll never, they'll never, point, they'll, they'll never be able to escape though their roles to a certain extent. They're like George from Seinfeld. No. Yeah, or uh, or for that matter, um, Mark Hamill. I mean, Luke Skywalker was bigger than any of these are, and most people can't name another acting role he's done in his entire career. I know. Um, you know, as, as another example. So, you know, there's no sure things for any of them, and I'm sure they all got paid and they don't need to work again, mostly. But um, let me ask you this. So at what was the scene or what was the moment in Game of Thrones that made you go, oh, I'm in. This is, you know, this works. Because you went in as a skeptic, like many people. I don't need Dungeons and Dragons in my life. You know, yeah. you went in as a skeptic. So at what point did you um at what point did you go wow I this thing is this thing's in for me I uh I'm going to enjoy going back cuz I did buy all the Blu-ray DVD sets which are not cheap but I wanted to have them both for yeah, historical sake and I wanted to go watch the commentaries and the extras and all that shit when I had time I'll, I'll have yeah. to go back yeah. and and check it out I'm thinking it might have been early on when the hound killed that kid that mm-hmm. uh, that uh, I don't know boy. scraped the knuckles yep. of the boy yep. king yeah and I'm like wow this show just killed a fucking kid like a kid mercilessly oh shit <laughs> this shit's pretty fucking real and 
just the more I got into it, and the other thing too is just, and this is the 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 audio visual nerd in me, the the rich sound effects and the foley effects of the horses and the chains jangling. It was so perfect. Yeah. Like the the whole show oozed quality, and the costumes, and the sets, and the scenery, and everything else. It's like this mm-hmm. is this is the finest. Manny's Steakhouse Steak I've ever eaten. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. By the way, Charge, do you like the fact that uh, one of our listeners from Milwaukee uh, went to Manny's on his recent trip to Minneapolis and took your recommendation to order the off-the-menu Manny's Cut Ribeye, right? Yes, yes. How about that? So I love it. Your listeners are your listeners have excellent taste and deep wallets, and for that we are grateful. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, so that's last, my so that's my thing about the show. I have to get out there. Okay, yeah. you you got one last okay. thing, and I have something else to say about um, right, maybe good. the next Game of Thrones, whatever that might be. But go ahead. Well, that's a little bit what I'm going to pivot to just okay. briefly. But the people who are thinking about quitting HBO, you can't do it right now because the best television I've seen in the last several years, basically since season six of Game of Thrones, is happening right now on HBO in the docudrama miniseries Chernobyl. It is jaw-droppingly good. It looks incredible. Oh, Dave. The tension and anxiety in this is so unbelievably palpable. And you were talking about how you love the sound effects. Wait until you hear. Wait till you hear this show. Oh God! It's amazing what they've done. Most of us know only the broadest of strokes with Chernobyl. We know there was a nuclear incident of some kind. We know that it could have been way, way worse, but was you know, but was still bad. But we don't know anything about it. We can't attach a single name to it to see what actually happened inside the Soviet Union and recreated insanely faithfully. It is astounding. That that is that is the big thing that I do wonder about is how faithfully and how accurately do they portray what happened. Let me tell you. According and how do you know? And how do you know that they're not taking massive liberties off of sources that may not be totally accurate? I do know, and here's how I know. The show is so good, I tracked down, thank you to people on Twitter for this, I tracked down the associated podcast with the creator and writer, and at the after every episode airs, there's five of them, they're on Monday nights, they release, week by week, they release an episode by episode recap, and they tell you, wow, this is spot on what happened, and they're constantly doing this, Could did this really happen? Yes. And in a couple of cases where they where they have to take license, they just come right out and tell you. There's a central character who is a a scientist, and they come out and say, "Well, this is an amalgam of a lot of scientists that right. were working in this role, but we can't tell the story of twelve people, so we you know we rolled that person into one." But overwhelmingly, the pain and care that went into um, the crafting of this show is unbelievable. And on Twitter, because, you know, God bless Twitter, Zabe, you know, how these things happen sometimes. Yeah. I'm talking about it a lot. A Chernobyl historian chimed in and said, I can validate that this is the most authentic, wow. uh, authentic thing that's ever been created about telling the story of Chernobyl. That's awesome. I can't wait to watch it. Um, when I saw the the trailers for it, I'm like, Oh shit, this looks really good. But then my second thought was, hmm, I wonder how accurate it is. Because on the one hand, of course the communist Russians are going to be conniving shitbags who don't care about their citizens. And they're just going to try to cover their asses. On the other hand, hand, there's a lot of people that would love to paint the Russians as even bigger conniving shitbags than possible. And really turn the volume up on some elements of the disaster to make him look even worse. So um, I love, I went in with the same exact skepticism. As it turns out, Zay, they, this, the, 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 the theme that runs through this entire show is lies. Oh, because yeah. this thing, the people that lie, the lies that were told from people who are protecting their ass over and over again and propagated all the way up to 
all the way up to Gorbachev were astounding. How many people did not want to accept this? And the lies that continued. And the creator said something very fascinating. That Chernobyl could only have happened in Russia and could only have ever been solved by Russians because one of the ways that they solved their problem is by throwing bodies at it, as you'll see as you watch oh, it. Oh, God. So they just mm-hmm. told people, you got to go in there and do this, even though you're going to die and melt of radiation. Wait until oh, you Jesus. see it, Dave. I'm oh, telling Jesus. you, this okay. is, yeah, it is, you know, it is so l- good. Larger point historically is that that incident really blunted nuclear development as a source of energy worldwide because everyone's like, oh, shit, I don't want that happening in our backyard. But what was really overplayed was the fact that the Russians were cutting corners like crazy and Correct. doing shit that was insane, whereas our standards and other countries that use nuclear for power would never do that kind of stuff. And they, they're honest about that too, Zabe. The, um, the, senior, uh, the senior engineer on staff was 25 years old. And yes. he had a mail, he had a mail order, he had a mail order, uh, degree. It's plenty, plenty of experience to be a Chernobyl, uh, engineer. Exactly. If there's, if there's problem, shut down reactor. No problem. Let it cool down. It'll be better in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I so was talking to yeah. one last thing. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm no, groaning. Okay. No, no, no. I apologize. No, you're. I'm talking to one of my state representatives uh, who's really into power. Humble, and humble, into- humble brag. Charge humble brag. Note it. Go ahead. He's, um, and <laughs> he's he's a big believer in both emerging uh, solar and wind, but also nuclear. And a lot of people don't do both. He's both. And I said, well, you know, I, he's like, you know, you can't just rely on wind. You can't just rely on sun. They don't make enough power. And, you know, what happened to Minnesota? You know, what happens when we don't have sun? What happens if we don't have wind? You know, you know, there, there are problems that we have to have. And he threw this out. And I was stunned by this. You can set up five acres by five acres of solar panels, which is as far as you can see solar panels, right, on a sunny day, and it will provide as much energy in one year as a nuclear nuclear reactor plant will provide in 90 seconds. Of course. Of course. Like, oh, geez. Right. I mean, so, <laughs> solar, so, uh, first of all, I think wind is worthless and it is more trouble and worse for the environment than anything because it kills a ton of birds, it ruins vistas, <laughs> and it doesn't produce nearly enough energy to be worth it. Plus, there's a lot of maintenance that has to go into a fucking windmill. You ever read about that? These are massive no. things that were, oh, ma- these are massive uh, pieces of machinery that have to be maintain somebody's got to go squirt oil and lube and all those gears up there a hundred feet up in a windmill <laughs> and you're totally dependent on the whims of the wind uh solar yeah. i think solar has a little bit more payoff there because it's passive nothing's moving it's just a yeah. big flat panel sitting out soaking up the sun it makes sense in places like arizona and, and the desert and california mm-hmm. but nuclear sure. is is the mac fucking daddy that's where you can really get a lot of bang for your buck, but it's it's such a spooky thing, and people, you know, they're like, not in my backyard, and what are we going to do with the waste, and how do we transport it, and everything else. That it's a it's a tough one, and and most of the of the liberals and most of the greens are hard against nuclear, even though it'd be the most environmentally friendly of anything. It is, and actually, some of the uh, according to this, the guy I was talking to, he said a lot of your sort of rank and file rational leftists are now re-embracing nuclear because they've learned enough to know it's only the ones that haven't taken the time to really learn about energy and just want to feel good about themselves and they know they want clean power and so right. they you know they you know they still are holding on to the dogmas of the, the of the 70s and 80s with with the you know, with with the, the, the nuclear yeah. that said nuclear problems that said we're always going to need internal combust- combustion because ain't nobody is going to get on a battery-powered airplane. Nobody. <laughs> Think yeah. about that, Or nuclear-powered either. Or, yeah. Right. No, you're or, right. Or, or nuke. No chance. Of, yeah, I'm not, not getting on a battery-powered airplane. I don't care how no. good your lithium-ion batteries are and how you click them into place on the 737. Not getting on <laughs> that plane. Sorry. 
Okay. Enough. Now, you know, you know, there may be, it, there may be a, a hybrid at some point. Sure. Right. Sort of, you know, much like our cars were hybrids for a oh, long yeah. time. And sooner or later, they're going to be all battery. They're or predominantly battery, right? In our lifetime. Do you Dave, know, do you know that I was, dead, yeah, go ahead. Most battery. It'll be mostly battery battery cars. Uh, the next car you and I buy buy may be battery cars. Eventually, we'll get there. Do you know how destructive though making batteries for battery cars is to the environment and the precious materials oh. that have to be mined for it are and the hazards of disposing those things? Yeah, it's not trivial. In no. a lot of ways worse. No, yeah. exactly. It's a lot of ways worse. So, um, yeah, I I think that from an energy standpoint, there was a period in which. I was reading up a lot on a concept called peak oil. What's that? It was it was something that it was a theory posited back in the 70s that at some point we're going to reach peak oil production and then the curve is going to start going downwards. And once the curve of worldwide oil production starts going downwards, all kinds of societal mayhem is going to erupt because of this dwindling precious resource that the whole world uses to basically run everything. And it's a very Mm -hmm. interesting, compelling theory. The only problem is their predictions on when we would hit peak oil kept having to be, (laughs) they kept having to be kicked into the future because guess what? We kept finding more and more oil and we found ways to get at oil with diagonal drilling and horizontal drilling and sorting out oil from shale fields that now they're like, shit, we're going to have oil for a hundred years easy. And my theory is by then we're going to have cars like we're going to have cars like the DeLorean and back to the future that run on garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hydrogen. They're making hydrogen cars. You're going to throw salt water in your car and run it. (laughs) That would be crazy. That will be crazy. crazy. But you know what? If it's a BMW hydrogen car, true leather seats will still be an extra charge of (laughs) (laughs) $2,495. Do you, do you, have you ever, by the way, have you ever owned a BMW or a Mercedes? Oh, you do? Yeah, I own a BMW right now. Good for you. They upcharge you for freaking everything. Yeah. Everything, and not trivially. Oh, I, listen, I have shopped. Beamers and Benzes because, you know, my penis is middle-aged and I've got to prove my worth in this world. And I've always wanted to be able to roll around with a fine piece of German engineering under my ass. But every time I go to, like, scout out what would I want, I had to, like, you know, you go to the website and you go, click this. Okay, I got to have this, got to have yeah. that. You start clicking, click, 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 click. And it's like, holy shit, this car got expensive quickly. Yes. And, yes. And, and my other thought was, well... I'm just overwhelmed with the choices. I feel like BMW North America, you're making me assemble this car piece by piece myself. Stop it. I just <laughs> want to buy something nice. Well, if you went to the dealership, you'd have a pre, you know, I know. They're, they're all pre-made, right? And you're going to get a lot of them that are uh, sort of right down the middle and all that. But, uh, but charge, you're right. Charge FOMO fear of missing out. I have mm-hmm. I have a very high FOMO quotient, and so if I got a reasonably priced BMW that had most of the features I want, I would know the features I didn't get, like say the defrosted uh, headlight no. windshield wipers. Wait, I have the store. I have I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> the one I didn't get, and it haunts me to today. I didn't get the camera that reads the. Sp- the, the the that reads the road and reads the speed signs and reads the, the lane departure thing because it was five thousand dollars for the camera that reads that and I'm like at some point I got to say no so I didn't get that and and now you've and got so FOMO that's, on that that's your that's and now I've got FOMO on that now and I think about it all the time right and here's the funny thing so I have a 2014 BMW what my kind? wife bought a 20. 20- uh, X5 because I'm in Minnesota and all we drive here. All you drive is SUVs, right? That's right. The whole, you walk, you know, you go to the mall, it'll be 40 SUVs in a row and a sedan. (laughs) And, um, the, uh, my wife buys a, just bought, uh, last summer, a $30,000 Mazda, half as much money. It has more gadgetry tricks front it's the display it's got the on-screen display or the on uh you know the uh the heads-up display on the windshield it yeah. has every 
anything my BMW could have had had I poured every cent I could have made into it. It's all in a Mazda. I know, but you still have you still have pimp hand rolling up in your Beamer. I don't know. Maybe only in, in only in my well, mind. Well, you know I'm what? If it if you get tired of it, sell it and get into a new car. Life goes on, you I know. Might get into a Mazda. Yeah, I, I like you know most Japanese models and and Korean models now Hyundai. They give you two or three trims to choose from, and that's it. Like two or three basic levels, and they're like, yeah, they're correct. like we're like we're correct. gonna we're gonna put everything we have into this trim. So if you want it, just get it. That's right. The the, the and, whole okay. One more. The whole thing that's about right. BMW with the leather thing, it really just rubbed me the wrong way. Like you assholes, you're trying to sell me new buck synthetic in a car of this price. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm I I'm with you on that. So here's back to Mazda again, because I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed with Mazda. Unlike Honda, which has Lexus and Nissan, which has infinity and no Honda. Wait, who has accurate? No, Honda is accurate. Acura is Honda. Toyota is Lexus. Right. Uh, uh, Nissan's infinity. Right. Audi is uh, Volkswagen, right? Yep. Mazda doesn't have any of that crap. They put everything they've got into their line. You know, the other Mm. ones, they have to, they have to, if you're Honda, we have to make sure that we can't make too good of a car because we just cannibalized our own brand with our Acuras. Right? Well, that's that's how Thank I feel. I used to own an Acura and I loved it. And at some point, it became painfully obvious that the, Honda was not putting anything into their Acura line. And so, mm-hmm. and and so Acuras sat too close to any Honda in a value proposition sense. And right. I said, well, these are the same fucking car. You've got to step it up. Right. Lexus is a step up for sure off of Toyota, and it's clear. And so I yeah. still like that brand. I, I fucking love Lexus, by the way. I'd love to get back into a Lexus. It's just You've I haven't. One? I used to own an IS300. By the way, I oh, love this. Little, that's yeah, the little guy, right? Yeah. That, oh. that, that, that was their entry into what they thought was going to be a three series killer. It didn't, but it was a fun car to drive. Very sporty. Sure. Um, by the way, I love how this ga- this podcast started out as a Game of Thrones. It's now turned to, into click and clack and car talk. <laughs> but we're going to wrap it up here in just a second. By the way, update from uh, game number four. Uh, I've done two podcasts tonight, so our listeners will go, hey, wait, you were talking about this game with Andy yesterday. Yes, because I just got off the phone with Andy. Fuck, lucky bounce by Van Vliet, asshole. That could be ball game. Uh, Toronto 96, Milwaukee 82, game four. Uh, looks like we're going back to Milwaukee tied it to a piece. Okay. So back to the car thing. You were going to say one last thing on the cars. Uh, we were talking about Mazda. Have, Mazda's putting all their oomph yeah. into uh, their brand. Yeah, right. So the point is Mazda doesn't, ha- they don't have to, they can put everything they've got into the Mazda brand because they don't have an upscale Mazda brand. So they aren't trying to purposely hamstring their lesser brand. So that's one of the reasons I like them. I like Mazda yeah. so much. Everything they got goes into that car. And you know, the one Mazda I always wanted was the RX-9 with that rotary yeah. power shit. That's kind of a proprietary thing, isn't it, for Mazda, that they're the only maker that does this rotary power shit? I don't know that they still do it. Oh, really? I'm not yeah. positive if they do or not. I don't know. I don't even know if the RX-9 is still even a thing anymore. I don't know that it is. Turbo's coming back in vogue. You know, Turbo used to be a thing, but it had a lot of mechanical problems. So, you know, makers went away from it and now they're starting to put it back in some cars. Turbo. I love oh, Turbo. Oh, yeah. Turbo. Well, you know, have you ever had, you've had it, um, have you had, I had a Turbo before? I had one Turbo. I had a Mitsubishi Eclipse Turbo in 1992 and I loved it. It was a red car. It was a mm. rocket. And when you got, got it going up fast and you heard the Turbo kick in, you're like, yeah. Now, the problem with turbo is turbo lag, which yes. is a serious, it's a serious problem. You, you hit the gas and nothing for a second. And then it, then you get the wine and then it goes. And by the way, Zabe. All right, this game's over. Nine, it's now Toronto by 20. They just had like three layups. Oh, Crowd's going crazy. That asshole Drake is bebopping and scatting. Okay, Bucks. You know what? The overconfident Buck fans that I've been talking to now on this new show in Milwaukee which I know you're mm-hmm. listening to on the iHeartRadio app, Charge, uh, 97.3 The Game. The overconfident Buck fans, they, they are, they're getting a good cold shower right now of, oh, fuck, 
This is a series. Okay, back to your point. Oh, yeah. That, oh, for sure. Um, right now, because I know you, you Google while you're doing this, yeah. the RX-9 is dead right now. It's coming next year. Wait until you see this car. Type in Mazda RX-9 2020. Oh, oh my God, Dave. Oh, oh, look at this thing. Oh, my God, How I want one. Is that? Oh, I totally oh, want I know. one. I want two. Oh, look at the images of this. It's oh. gorgeous. It looks like a concept car. You know what? You never, the concept cars never make it out. The, the the Mazda RX-9 looks like a concept car come to life. I know. Oh, it's pretty, man, it's, it's beautiful. It's pretty sweet, although I feel like I'll be like Jenny Sack in The Sopranos, unable to get out of the seat because I'm just so fat. Uh, well, do you remember that? that remember that? Remember that scene from The Sopranos when Jenny Sack was in uh, uh, Johnny Sack's, was it a, I forget what sports car it was. And it was so low to the ground, she couldn't get out of the seat. Uh, all right, last thought: Game of Thrones. Then I'm gonna. Then we're gonna go to bed. I'm gonna go to bed. You're gonna go to bed. Yeah. Okay. We mentioned paying for HBO. Don't cancel HBO. Not just because of you know uh, the fact that Chernobyl's really good, but I said reward them because you want them to have the means to make the next insanely great show, like the next, you know, whatever. Uh, Game of Thrones. My only fear is that Game of Thrones snuck up on some of today's social justice warriors. And so it was able to get its feet under it before there was too much opposition. I worry that a true risk-taking show, and mind you, I'm not asking for genuinely misogynistic, racist-ass shows. I'm not. Mm-hmm. But I worry that a truly great show that doesn't care about some hashtag movement because there's not enough, there's too many cisgendered characters, I'm worried that the, that the next Game of Thrones might get killed in the crib because it yeah, won't sneak up on possible. any, it won't sneak up on anybody anymore. Yeah, yeah, very possible that they just, they can't be as brutal as this one was. Because Game and of Thrones... Even though that was the magic of it. Game of Thrones, when did social media really rise up? What year? 2013. Right. So 2013, Game of Thrones... Yeah. Game of Thrones yeah. had a three-year head start where there was no hashtag, you know, right. whatever. With... Even, Facebook, even Facebook was limited to your network of people, right? So it was... You know, Facebook's 10 years old. But it was it was limited, and you know Twitter is where you know. It, Listen it, you to know, that Rottweiler in the background, man! Nobody uh, is going right. to rob oh, the Charchian scraps. household. Oh, not not with scraps. Yeah, with a dog like with the name of Scraps, you're not going to scare anybody. I met Charch's dog two years ago. He's he's an adorable rescue, a little scrappy. What kind of dog, basically? Uh, he's a few things. He's a Jack Russell mixed with a Beagle. Yeah, he's 17 pounds of just raw terror right there didn't he also yeah. have some physical disability well no what you're remembering with it happened when you were there oh he, he hurt had himself a, he had a no he had a lip ailment Ooh. he had a he had a lip ailment of some kind that was kind of gross unfortunately <laughs> well, what was the line so were, what was the line like, what was the line in christmas vacation where he's like snots so he's got he's like yeah he's got a sinus issue <laughs> yeah like, just <laughs> shit coming down his face so anyway, that's I'm my only you, that's I'm my only thinking, concern I'm, with only I, concern I, with the next concern. only concern with the next Game of Thrones is that it's a harder environment now to do anything great, risky, and on the edge because there's too many fucking babies out there. Um, for sure. Uh, so the next great show might not come from that that branch, and that's very possible. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I've got one other thing for you. So just one last Game of Thrones thing for the two people that are still listening. Yeah. I think there's a chance that Bran was the puppet master the whole time. That he the was evil. Time that he was evil the whole time. His whole plan was to get to onto the throne. He can't physically get himself onto the throne because he can't. And so he needed to manipulate all of these situations to make sure that he gets himself onto the throne. Two very telling things that he said. He only said about two things in the whole last episode. But two te very telling things he said. One was um, that you know, 
when Tyrion was giving his long dissertation and they, you know, we, they, and, and Bran is there, he said, you know, I, I'm the whole re- I know, I'm here for a reason. You know, the whole, my whole point is to yes. be here. Why do you think and, I and came that, this far? Why do you think I came this far? That's right. And then he also told John, you were right where I needed you to be. Um, when he was talking to John, I think, I really think that. What does that mean? I think that he was manipulating the, the, he was manipulating this whole group the whole time to try to position himself to be a choice to take the throne without having to raise a sword. So I needed you to, to be there to stab Danny in the heart. You were right, right where I needed you to be. Exactly. And also, exactly. he said back in Winterfell, I'm not Bran anymore. That's right. He's not Bran. He's, he is this three-eyed raven that is evil, that wanted the throne for his own purposes, that could be very sinister. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, people are already saying these lines from Tyrion about, well, talk to me in 10 years. And John's like, uh-huh. I'm not sure I'll see you in 10 years. And he goes, don't be so sure about that. Was almost a, yeah, yeah, we're going to ramp this thing up again in 10 years and do a whole nother series. <laughs> <laughs> and by then, hopefully George R.R. R. Martin has put the microwave fucking burrito down and finished these books. I don't know what's taking them so long. Uh, it's not happening. And get this, because you're not, you're, not, uh, you're not a video game guy, so you might not, at least not like I am, so you may not know this. George R. R. Martin just confessed. I call it a confession that he's been working with a Japanese video game company to help write the script for a video game. What? What? A video game on what? No game of Thrones? We don't know. It's on, on, no, no, it's not Game of Thrones. It's some. It's just a video game, as far as we know. We don't know all the details. Yeah, watch. That's ridiculous. Watch. It, it'll be some updated version of Cubert, and people are going to go, "This is what you fucking designed, <laughs> you moron." <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know what, Charge? We're going to call that a wrap, brother. I loved it. I can't believe it. I'm looking at the clock. 51 minutes and 30 seconds, and I was never bored. I was not bored for one second, buddy. I'll nerd out with you about anything at any time. Good to talk, and uh, we'll check you down the road. Bye-bye. See ya. I'm Bob McKenzie, and this is my brother, Doug. How's it going, eh? All right. That was good. That was good fun. God, I loved we. We, we morphed into shit that we really over our skis on, like nuclear energy. I'm sure you're going to email me. There's smarter people listening going, you're wrong about this, you're wrong about that. That's fine. I'll listen. But I still have my general half-baked beliefs. And uh, car talk. It's good stuff. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for downloading. Have a great day, and we will see you next time. Decent saying, eh? Yeah. Yeah, he's good. Okay, so good day. Our topic today is...